There's a cold silence that we don't dare speak. There's a wall between us and a river so deep. We keep pretending that there's nothing wrong. There's a code of silence and it can't go on. Hi folks, I'm Alan Water and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on July the 6th, 2010. For newcomers, look into CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com website. You'll see all the other sites I've got listed there. These are the official sites. Bookmark them for future use because I get problems with the main site, comment at times. And if you find sticking downloads and audios and so on, try these alternate sites. Uh, so many folk go into the com at the same time the following day, it's, it really puts a heavy load on it. And remember, all these sites have translations of a lot of the talks in English for, for download and print-up. And if you want translations in other languages, go into alanwatsentinel.eu and you can choose from a variety of different languages. While you're at it, remember to purchase the books I have for sale. As, uh, they're different from the regular books you'll buy in the authorized books, as I like to call them by the authorized authors that you buy in the stores because we truly are under mind control and I've gone into a lot of the history of the, the Royal Institute of International Affairs that set up the system of giving us our, our authorized news and they gave us our authorized histories, something that even Winston Churchill brought up in Parliament. He said that a small group of people, it's amazing, he said that he didn't know, he knew they existed, but he didn't know the names of them. They, they, they kept their names um, of the different groups involved separate at that time, very vague, and uh, it, it turned into the Royal Institute of International Affairs. But he said this small, powerful group not only have the power to give us all the media, because they owned all the media uh, chains, the barons, they were all part of it, but they also gave us the regular history. He says they're giving us our history as well, according to how they want us to perceive it and keep themselves out of it, of course, because these guys have been behind wars and all the rest of it. So go into cuttingsrange.com, look at the books I have for sale, the discs I have for sale, uh, the DVDs, and hopefully that will keep me going. Remember that the ads you hear on this show are paid directly by advertisers to RBN for the airtime and the broadcast and their equipment and their staff and their bills. So you help me out with, me, with mine by either donating to me or purchasing the items I have for sale. Now remember, you can use PayPal for donations and to order across the world. Just send a separate email with your name and address, and I'll get it out to you along with the PayPal donation. In the U.S., personal checks are good, and you can also use an international postal money order as well, or PayPal, as I say. Some people still send cash. But this world that we're living in, as I say, is so highly controlled. And that's something that people, when they start to wake up, don't really catch on. It takes a while for most folk to catch on to the system. And I say the system in which you live. It's an organized system with a definite plan. Been on the go for an awful long time. And Professor Carol Quigley, who belonged to the group and got access to their archives as the official historian for them, wrote two amazing books on them. Uh, I think Macmillan bought over the rights to one of his main books 
and then they, they smashed the plate so they couldn't be reprinted. Luckily, there's enough editions out there, and since it's off the, the, the printing list, I think others have also printed it up. But if you get an original version, you will learn what the world truly is all about. It's vastly, vastly different uh, from what the media would lead you to believe. Mainly it's done by omission. Uh, they omit the vital facts you need to be truly awake. And it's the same with education. When they give you one side of a story, you're left thinking that you know it all. And as long as you're all taught at the same time across the world through UNICEF and the standardized education system, you'll all believe that's all there is to it as you chat to each other. Now, uh, there's the music coming in, so we'll be back after these messages. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watts and we're cutting through the matrix. Just mentioning at the start of the show there how a group of people literally designed um, the future, the future which is now and the future still to come, the future that your parents lived through and even your grandparents. They go back an awful long ways. They go back into the 1800s and I have no doubt whatsoever long before they were called the Cecil Group or the Milner Group or the Royal Institute of International Affairs dash comes from foreign relations. They had many names before it because you'll find the, the beginnings of a British empire talking about free trade and the writings of John Dee. And uh, there's some allusions to it as well from Bacon around the same period. So we're going back hundreds of years. So a free trade system based on a commonwealth, and that's exactly what the Milner Group called it, uh, the British Commonwealth, and then Milner changed it to a commonwealth of nations. What it really meant is that an elite have always stolen the wealth of the commons, and the bigger the commons they get across the world, the more they stole. And of course, as they catch, the, if people start to catch on to their taxations and their rules and regulations, they change it to a, a commonwealth of nations. That was in fact used in the Queen's speech, apparently, and what I've read so far uh, at the United Nations, so in New York, so. She talked about the Commonwealth of Nations, and she's the, the titular head of it. She says that she's the head of a lot of things, in fact, but at least she's a figurehead. The real foot soldiers and the ones who do the work, uh, we know some of, a lot of their names, actually, but we don't know all of the, the, the higher ones that keep out of the newspapers. But they literally wanted a planned world society, an authoritarian society that would come after democracy was used to bring the world into their system. And if you read uh, the, the various writings coming out now from the Club of Rome, uh, which is another branch of theirs specializing in a certain area, and you read the, the, the Global Business Network with the Rockefeller Foundation study, they both did a uh, study together. Um, they talked about the next coming 30 to 40 to 50 years, and basically the takedown of society. And every international corporation that is any type of international cooperation is a member of that particular group. All the biggies are in it with the Rockefellers. And they talk about uh, plagues coming and how they'll ID everyone with bracelets and track you, etc., etc., and how people can be convinced to allow the authorities into their homes uh, for safety and during times of plague or unrest or whatever else it happens to be. And they said themselves 
that it'll be a, an authoritarian type of world society. And for those who haven't quite got it yet, you see, you're already in the beginnings of it. And you have been at least openly since 2001. If it hasn't hit you personally yet and you haven't had a knock on your door, believe you me, you will get it down the road. Some places have got it already under different guises because these characters plan everything like a military strategy and with military precision. And they look at the different cultures, different areas, and they give you different names for the same operations that are carried out within your own communities. And they've written about it too. And literally, you could write books and for ten lifetimes on what's just happening today with all the think tanks involved. It would take a person ten lifetimes just to, to cover the stuff that they're involved in right now. There's hundreds of them all connected together to bring in this brave new world scenario. But as I say, it's to be authoritarian. Now, People can read about uh, what's happening abroad, the atrocities that are happening abroad. We had um, the WikiLeaks, for instance, uh, what happened a few years ago in, in Afghanistan, in Iraq, uh, with the helicopter gunships. And then they found through Wired, again, Wired.com, they exposed the guy who leaked it to them. So, so much for um, whistleblowers. Wired doesn't surprise me because I've gone through some of the history of Wired magazine. It's high up there, as a lot of the ones are, that give you your so-called cutting-edge technology news because what you're given really is antique stuff for the basic for the public at the bottom to believe in. They're way ahead of all of that. And believe you me, um, so much for confidentiality of, uh, of people who talk to reporters. So much for that. That's a warning, obviously, to everybody else that might be thinking about leaking what's happening, all the atrocities, not to, to bother, because they've got the guy up for court-martial. And there's a lot more stuff, too, um, that he's alleged to have uh, disclosed or confided to a particular person that, that shot him. And that's why it's in the papers big time, is to get the message out, as I say, to everybody else who might be thinking about whistleblowing. And yet it's strange, again, because they can always tell you about the things that a country is doing here and there in, in certain instances, instances without uh, blanketing the whole country. This article here, for instance, is about Abu Ghraib, uh, Britain's, Britain's Abu Ghraib. And it says, this may be Britain's Abu Ghraib. It's a title from The Guardian, and it's from the July the 3rd. The inquiry into the death of Baha Musa is due to, to report by the end of the year. It will detail how Musa died in Iraq in September 2003, allegedly brutalized by British soldiers in a free-for-all, and how it was that he and nine other men in the same incident were allegedly hooded, forced into painful stress positions, and deprived of sleep, food, and water. And it says the Guardian article this week, which reported that many more civilians died in army custody than previously thought. Well, that's nonsense because we're told what we're supposed to be told. This is happening all the time. That's what, that's what war is all about. And when you give an army a free hand, a literally a free hand to do whatever they want in a certain area, uh, they will and they'll cover it all up. It's been going on for, from, for every war that's ever been and every policing action as I like to call them, uh, since World War II. This is standard procedure. Terrify the public into uh, groveling obedience by slaughtering as many as you want to. 
and everybody that is killed is put down as an, an, emity, an enemy or an insurgent, as I like to call them. They've been using the insurgent word since Vietnam. But it says here, the evidence of Lieutenant Colonel Mercer to the inquiry reveals that as early as May 2003, four months before Musa's death, there were a number of deaths in custody with various units. <laughs> That's very vague, isn't it? A number of deaths with various units. It appears there were by then at least nine deaths. There'll be a lot more than that. The Ministry of Defence refuses to answer questions from, from uh, us or the Guardian as to where or how these Iraqis died and refuses to confirm or deny whether any of these deaths were ever investigated and if so, with what outcome. Well, that's what they do in military. It's all, all information about the military is handed out by a Department of Information. Every country has them because they're all copied after the British system. And wherever they tell you truth or, or, or falsehood uh, becomes the authorized version down the road. So every country's at it. And believe you me, when they're bringing uh, the poorest to the poor from their working classes, their unemployed youth into uh, the militaries in the Western world and uh, giving them the firearms and giving them a free hand, every bit of the aggression that's built up in their miserable little lives is taken out on everybody else who's helpless in front of them once they're the big shot. That's why they pick them. You ever wonder why they only pick guys that are 18 to 20 or so to get into the military? Why they don't pick guys in their 40s? Well, you see, they tried that in World War I when they ran out of so many of the young, uh, throwing wave after wave after wave. A war, by the way, that the Royal Institute of International Affairs uh, created and through their predecessors, the Milner Group, that they've been working on uh, since the late 1800s via the propaganda machines, the media, which they completely owned at the time. But they hoped to bring in the League of Nations, and they did. But they, halfway through it, they were running out of young men. There's ho- there were whole villages and towns across Britain where there was, there was no young men left. They're all dead. So they started to bring in older guys, even guys that had cancers, thinking, well, a few weeks in the battlefield, they'll luckily survive that anyway. But what they found out was the older guys um, would go through the motions of killing. Uh, in other words, they'd pop the rifles up above the trenches and fire off a shot here and there, once in a blue moon. And, uh, and, and the Germans were quite content with that as well. They were kind of fed up losing their young men. And they'd also put older guys into the trenches as well. So they had to bring in uh, the young guys from Australia then and uh, Canada, to, who were still full of propaganda and no wisdom, no experience of life, and they believed what they were told, and they were all gung-ho to get into action. That's recorded in history, too. That's why they don't pick older guys to do the dirty work for the commonwealth of nations. As I say, you're in a totalitarian system and most folk don't yet really realize it. They won't really wake up at all until something happens and hits them in the pocketbook, the wallet. Now, Facebook, I've mentioned before too, anybody who goes into these free things, they're asking for trouble. They're not put out there to help you. It's made easy and all the rest of it. And you fall for all your the PR about having friends and all that rubbish. It's all part of the military-industrial complex and acquiring all your data, which you're only too happy to share with them. 
And Facebook, it says here in this article, CNN.com, has begun testing face detection technology for Facebook photos. This is seen as the first, uh, like a series of new features for its popular photo product. Now, folk will read it one way, but I always read it another. But it's, I'll read what they say. The test, which some users will see start, starting today, Friday, focus on decreasing the tediousness of tagging friends in Facebook photos. It's so tedious, isn't it? You, got, you, you don't have time to go through all that stuff, do you? You've got so much to do in your, in your fast lives, right? And it says, in the current photos feature, users upload photos, click on each face in a photo, tag the photo with the friend picture they're in, and continue the process until the al- album is tagged. So they come up with a way to help you to automatically tag them. And then you know that everyone who gets in touch with you will be up there on the net for the NSA to see. You're helping them out back after this break. Alan Watt, we're cutting through the matrix, this big system that was designed for you to get born into and to keep you amused and bewildered as you stumble down through life, thinking everything just happens by chance and big parts of chaotic systems just happen and politicians deal with it as best they they can, like any poor soul would. That's how you're taught to believe. And of course, nothing is further from the truth. Everything that's given to you, especially the computer, was given with the idea in mind of bringing in a, a, a technologically controlled society. And I've gone through technocracy.inc and the guys who are involved with it, and you'll find they're also involved, as I say, with that Rockefeller-Global Business Network system, a massive conference that they had recently to do with the future and what's coming up. All possible scenarios are, are covered. Uh, you'll find it's the same founders of Wired and and so on, who are actually working on that project. So don't help them out with their free programs that they hand to you to make it easier for them to gather your data or anyone else who gets in touch with you, because that's what it's about with Facebook, etc. I've gone through Britain that really is, now that they have a completely dysfunctional society in Britain, now completely dysfunctional, after many, many years of getting hammered with the uh, economic depressions, and that's what they are, not recessions, they're constant depressions. And the way that the society has been completely uh, psychologically tampered with in the mind that they can't even get people to to be polite to each other anymore, never mind uh, join together and mates anymore. And that's the excuse supposedly for bringing in massive immigration, which they've admitted was to destroy what was left of the culture. Amazing, eh? What a, what a war program that is. It's been successful. So always look towards Britain for what's to be used across the rest of the world, and you'll find that it already is in a not so openly and overt manner, generally. Yesterday I talked about the, 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 the listening lampposts that they literally installed in major cities across Britain to catch the conversations of people down below. And... Here's more on the same company that's putting in these systems. It says, Surveillance System Monitors Conversations, a controversial covert surveillance system that records the public conversations, is being used in Britain. It's been used for a long time. 
And by the way, they had these little boom cameras on these cameras uh, uh, from the very beginning. The, the boom microphones, I should say. They could pick up conversations 200 yards away as you stood in the doorway of a store. They admitted that years ago, then forgot to tell you about it again. And this is from the 4th of July, 2010, from the Telegraph. It says, The technology called Seagard monitors movements and speech to detect signs of threatening behavior. Well, that's nonsense, too. It's to, they want all information. Total information network means total information network. Not the excuses that they'll use for threatening behavior. All information is valuable to them because you have no idea, no idea how many studies and projects are on the go to analyze the pulse of the public, how they're thinking, what they're feeling, what they're expressing. That's why they're managed so easily, because they know. As designers claim that the system can anticipate antisocial behavior and violence by analyzing the information picked up by its sensors, they say alerts are, there sent to, are then sent to police, nightclub, bouncers, or shop security staff. Imagine you're standing below one of these things and a mosquito was annoying you and you, you expounded a few expletives and slapped yourself. Um, it only get a SWAT team coming round you. I mean, that's the sort of thing we're looking at too. So the so reports are suddenly sent to police, nightclub bouncers, or shop security staff, which allow them to nip trouble in the bud before arguments spiral into violence. Devices are designed to distinguish between distress calls, threatening behavior, and general shouting. <laughs> yeah, right, sure. The system produced by Sound Intelligence is being used in Dutch prisons, city centers, and Amsterdam Central Rail Station. Coventry City Council is funding a pilot project which has for six months and has installed seven devices in the nightlife uh, area on High Street. Can you imagine the pair of sitting listening to this stuff going on, eh? I mean, that's, what the, that's who obviously watches this stuff. Dylan Sharp from Big Brother Watch said there could be no justification for giving councils or the police the capability to listen in on private conversations. Well, really? Haven't you realized they've been doing whatever they've wanted to do since 2001? Haven't you noticed? It says there's an enormous potential for abuse. Well, of course, sir. Well, you are being abused for the fact that they're there in the first place. Uh, you know, I really wonder, again, you have to believe in an indoctrinated system they've given you to, to think you can just complain and say that's not very nice. Please stop it. You know, power has never voluntarily given itself up. And believe you me, the power that designed this system and the future for you has no intentions of letting anything at all, anything, stand in its way. Remember, they've caused wars in the past to bring about the League of Nations, then the Council, and then the United Nations. And they've used all kinds of warfare, economic as well, to bring countries to their knees, to bring in their global system, global dominance. So that's the sort of thing that happens in Britain where you're, you're scared to even stand near a light, a lamppost, in case... Which will happen. There will be someone listening to you. Take something really boring and read it under the lamppost. Back with more after these messages.
listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt. We're cutting through the matrix again. And talking about the authoritarian system that's designed to be put across the rest of the world, the whole of the world, gradually in some places, more quickly in others. And, of course, the more you accept, the quicker they push all the rest of it down your throats. That's what they've been doing in North America since 2001. And, as I say, all the big think tanks talk about the, the, the authoritarian society, that it will have to be authoritarian where people have to be retrained to allow themselves to be guided by experts and, and government policies and government agencies and so on. For efficiency's sake, you understand, from their point of view. Which is going to cause a lot of trouble and problems with people who still think they, have, and they live in a quaint, old-fashioned world in their mind where they believe they've still got rights and all the rest of it. We saw what happened at the G20 meeting amongst all the agitators, of course, that they never, ever catch. They never catch the ones who start the riots because they're, they're brought in to do the riots by the authorities themselves to make every other protester look crazy. That's what it's about. Very simple, isn't it? And after seeing O Canada, that's when the police uh, rushed them all. <laughs> that, was their, that was their thank you for O Canada. Maybe that was a message, too that uh, you see there's a, there's a new type of Canada as part of, it's always been part of the commonwealth of nations again, that the Queen harped on about being the head. Of course, it's also the Royal Institute of International Affairs set up this whole idea of a commonwealth of nations. But uh, that's what they did. They, they rushed the, the, the people after singing the national anthem. And here's what another article. So many articles come out of the G20. Of course, I'm sure there's a, a thousand stories. But uh, this article came out of AOL today. Uh, an amputee father says G20 police ripped off prosthetic leg, his artificial leg. An, uh, an Ontario father's tale of abuse at the hands of the police during the G20 summit in Toronto is sparking outrage. I love how they say that, sparking outrage. I often wonder, are people really outraged? What does outrage mean? Yeah. If you're outraging and you're standing your lamppost, they'll come and grab you a SWAT team and cart you off after tasering you. John Pruin, a 27-year-old amputee from Thorold, Ontario, said he was sitting on a grass at Queen's Park with his daughter Saturday, June 26, taking in peaceful demonstrations when a stream of riot police stormed the area. He told Doug Draper of the online news site at Niagara at Large that police became violent with him when he was slow to move due to the prosthetic artificial leg, right, on his left leg which was amputated after a farming accident 17 years ago. He alleges police ripped off the artificial leg, grabbed his walking sticks, and tied his hands before telling him to hop. I guess that really got, they got a kick out of that, you know, just like the guys over in Afghanistan and so on. If they had guns, they'd machine gun you. It's the same mentality, you see. Even as his daughter and bystanders plead with the police to give him time to move, well, they'd have killed them too if it was in Afghanistan or Iraq. And coming up with Iran, too. Impatient officers began kicking and hitting Prune, with one officer allegedly pressing Prune's head to the ground with his knee. That's a standard thing they do. Before he was dragged along the pavement, a week later, Prune uh, said his, hain, his head was still hurting. 
Uh, through it all, the Revenue Canada employee was accused of resisting arrest and of spitting on police, something he says he did not do. They'll always try to rationalize what they do. Just to the guys in the helicopters, you know. However, the ordeal didn't end uh, there for Prune. He was taken to a makeshift detention centre where he was kept in a jail cell before being released the next day. Police said Prune, the, or Prune said the police never gave him a reason for his arrest. They don't have to be an, an authoritarian society. John's story is one of the most shocking of the whole G20 summit weekend. Peter Cormos, the interior New Democratic Party's justice critic, told Nagra at large, he's not a young man and he's an amputee. He's not a troublemaker, he's a peacemaker, and like most of the people who were arrested, he was never charged with anything, which raises questions about why they were arrested in the first place. Well, they wanted to arrest you, that's why, and they can do it without actually using an arrest. It's called pre-arrest, you see, and with a pre-arrest, there's no charges read out to you or no rights read out to you. You're just whipped off and put in the cage. That's the authoritarian society you live in. And if you upset these guys that are hyped up on steroids and all the rest of it, they've been brought up in video games where you kill, 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 and then watch worldwide wrestling. Uh, if you take these guys off because you can't hop fast enough, well, that's what happens to you. Yep. That's the new society, you see. This is the new system. So his reaction to the story has been swift, with some commenters calling for a full public inquiry into the police response. Well, that's a waste of time. Always is. So it says, how could large numbers of Canadians turn a blind eye to this terrible story and still cling to the opinion that authorities acted responsibly on that dreadful weekend? It's because the authorities can tell you whatever they want. That's the authorised version. That's where the authorities. Hmm? Or worse, that merely by being on the scene, everyone present was asking for it, asked reader Bruce Dixon. So... It'll take people maybe a little while longer to get the point, you know, to really get the point. When it's their turn and their knee has been, or their head has been kneed into the ground by someone who's huffing and puffing and rather angry, he's all hyped up with adrenaline and other drugs. That's why. Now, it's an article, too, in the States. I'm talking about how they do things incrementally in different places. I've talked about the multi-jurisdictional task forces that are set up under the NAFTA agreements, by the way. Uh, actually set up even before that under the free trade negotiations that they had for the Americas, Canada, and the States. And how they can use firemen, police, and the military all together. It doesn't really come under any legal laws anymore because it's really a new kind of organization. In other words, if you're not mentioned in the law books, the multi-jurisdictional task forces, uh, then it's okay to go into folks' homes without warrants and stuff like that. Here's an article here of uh, West Oakland's in California. And it says, in a gloomy recent uh, morning in West Oakland, tenants at the David Gray building or off-ramp studios, as everyone who lives here calls it, stood in the hallways outside their lofts. They gathered around doors in nervous clusters and spoke in hushed tones, wondering aloud whether they should head to work or stay and observe while two Oakland police officers, two building service code enforcers, a fire inspector and three property managers' uh, representatives entered all of their units one by one. 
Traditionally, the entire procedure would have required a search warrant, but on this day, the group of cops and city officials were operating under little-known Oakland City program. It's actually elsewhere, too, called SMART. It's called Specialized Multi-Agency Response Team. That's what they call it in the States. Uh, that some legal experts say may be unconstitutional. That's because they enter people's homes without consent or a warrant. Then they go on and on about uh, going into get doing them all because one uh, apartment apparently had a party a week previously in somebody's smelt marijuana. But uh, you, later on, you, you get the usual kind of stuff about uh, it's, it's unconstitutional and a man's home is his castle, and as I say, quaint old-fashioned ideas like that getting voiced. And that's all it does is, is voiced, because it means nothing anymore, obviously. The U.S. has sent warships to Costa Rica, in all places, this, is, uh, this article here is 4th of July, 2010. Remember all these articles, I put the links up at the end of the show at cuttingthroughthematrix.com website for you to see, and you can look them up yourself. So the United States contains a complex web of military facilities and functions in Latin America and the Caribbean. Costa Rica has allowed 46 U.S. warships and 7,000 Marines to enter the country despite objection by the opposition parties which describe the move as illegal. Well, again, that's a quaint old-fashioned idea, isn't it? Costa Rican opposition parties denounced the decision of the Legislative Assembly, describing it as illegal and in violation of national sovereignty. Poor, so that's a very quick idea, that one. The decision grants U.S. troops permission to stay in Costa Rica from 1st of July to December 31st to fight drug trafficking. So they're war on drugs, you see. 46 warships, 7,000 Marines. The Costa Rican government, however, argues that the combat capability of the U.S. warships, helicopters and marines is disproportionate to the threat caused by drug trafficking. It's tantamount to giving a blank check to the U.S. forces, said Louise Fishman, deputy of the Unidad Social Christiana. We cannot support a legal act. We won't allow the the Constitution to be broken. Well, they've got a lesson to learn as well as everybody else has already learned it, I hope. (laughs) So it goes on and on and on. About that, and of course they already have a base there, I believe, already, but this is a, this is a big fleet they sent in there with Marines to do a job. And uh, they've actually said that um, the Marines have been given uh, the right to adopt a strategy of complete dominance. Complete dominance. You'll be hearing more of that term used elsewhere in the world and probably a place close to home or close to you shortly. The U.S. has been hyping up amazing propaganda about the national health system about to come in. I've read the RAND report that the government commissioned. And believe you me, it's nothing but a slash and burn policy for everyone down to bare minimal care. Exactly what the United Nations Charter said it would be. They want universal health care with minimal care available to everyone. That means you might wait 12 hours in a clinic, a walk-in clinic, and that's what they're going to bring in, by the way. And you will not be sent off to specialists for this, that, or the other, or for examinations that might catch things in time that you could be operated on. They're all out the window. They cost money, you see. But here is the reality of um, National Health Service care. So not, it's a control mechanism. They'll still be giving you all your injections and lots of more injections for children to make sure they, 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 they grow up with a few IQ points down the tube, you know. 
and they'll be obedient uh, and, and uh, proper citizens, exactly as Bertrand Russell said when he said we'd use a needle to make compliant, obedient citizens. And he was part of the Royal Society for International Affairs too. It says, London Hospital hired out a ward, right? This is a National Health Service hospital. It hired out one of its wards to shoot a porno movie because they were getting paid for it. All right? Uh, it says here, a London hospital was today at the centre of a controversy after an MP claimed that it hired out one of the, its, its wards to a film company to shoot a porn movie. Portsmouth North MP Penny Mordaunt told the Commons that the movie had ended up generating substantial income for the hospital. She did not want to identify the hospital. But the standards understands that it is St. Charles Hospital off Ladbroke Grove in West London. Local health chiefs were unable to confirm or deny this. I mean, they're unable to confirm or deny it. They all got cut off, payoffs, obviously, from it. Ms. Moore, don't raise the, the case to highlight the need for transparency in public spending. Well, good luck with that. I've never seen it anywhere in any country in the world. She says, when I was director at Kensington and Chelsea Council, I discovered that one of her local hospitals was hiring out one of its closed but fully equipped wards to a film company to use as a film set. They might as well be safe, use them for other purposes because, you see, they're not using them for patients. That would cost money. To add an insult to industry, the movie was a pornographic one. Although I cannot claim to have seen the final picture, as I understand these things are no longer claimable on parliamentary expenses. That's hard to get Parliament for, that you, 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 because of that big scandal that happened with the head of their version of Homeland Security, who was even claiming porn movies on the expense tab, along with their three or four houses. It was a big budget affair and generated substantial income for the hospital. Apart from chewing up a few of its inpatients, that to be a bit, you know, put a bit of joke in there. It cannot be said to be contribute, contributing to the objectives of the primary care trust. So that's what you're, that's where, how far it goes down when you bring in national health services. Because then it's under the government and the government, well, it's, it's got political policies and agendas. Sterilization, stuff like that to do. Vasectomies, abortions, that's the, okay. they'll be done okay, no problem in the States, but everything else is going to be a big hassle to get. And they also slash budgets all the time. And guess it's the first one to go when the IMF comes in, as it already is, by the way. Your health service, your health care. Now, they're always going on about vaccinations and vaccinations, and we know, we've gone through umpteen things before over the years about the contaminants, even in the polio vaccine that, that Dr. Sock knew were in them, which caused nothing but uh, cancers in people. And he said, well, it was worth the risk of the cancers to, to, to stop polio, even though polio was already stopped, by the way, it had already gone through. And, and then they renamed it meningitis and cephalitis. But it did give people cancers, especially the, the simian virus 40 that was included in the injection. You can't believe anything they tell you in the authorized system. It's interesting, too, that Dr. Salk, for instance, wrote books for the Royal Institute for International Affairs. He was the head at one point of the eugenics societies, the British Eugenics Society's Department for depopulation by all means possible. He was, a, he was the guy who contributed most of their writings at one point, in fact, and suddenly turns around with an injection to help the people. Well, schmucks everybody else, eh? Schmucks on you.
We never learn. We don't use our common sense because why? We've been domesticated. Most folk don't have it anymore. Here's an article about smallpox vaccination. The only ones who get smallpox now are folk who catch it from people who've been vaccinated. Uh, July the 6th, 2010, a woman contracts smallpox from a recently vaccinated man. In the state of Washington, a woman in her 20s had reportedly been infected with smallpox after having sexual relations with her boyfriend in the military who had recently been vaccinated for smallpox. Uh, There have been five known cases in the last year of women in four states acquiring the vaccinia virus, which is the virus found in the smallpox vaccine after having sexual contact with, uh, listen how they've phrased this, members of the military. That's a little joke put in there. The Centers of Disease Control July 2nd Morbidity and Mortality Weekly Report stated, The vaccination site of a recently inoculated person generally remains infectious for two or three weeks after vaccination, and inadvertent inoculation to another part of the body or to another person can occur during this period. The CD, that goes for all of these main vaccinations too, even polio. CDC encourages education to give uh, to be given to vaccines about the potential for sexual transmission. People with weakened immune system, that's everybody today with the GMO food in the, in the aerial spring. A history of dermatological conditions and pregnant women are at risk of facing complications from vaccinia infection. The Washington State women had a history of eczema, so they try to split it. This obviously they've been told to try to cover this, so they go into the fact that she had eczema as a child. Well, that does not excuse the fact that you caught smallpox from someone who, who was inoculated recently. That doesn't excuse it at all. But here's a little bit at the bottom of the page. So healthcare providers, I showed you how the power of pharma, right? And the power of, it's, pharma is part of the military industrial complex. That's why it's so covered up and given such a, a free hand in so many things. Healthcare providers are not required to nationally notify in the case of positive vaccinia testing, but are encouraged to report such findings to the CDC. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt. We're cutting through the matrix here. It's interesting too that on Canada Day in Canada, the, uh, we're celebrating being Canadian, and they gave us the new tax, the, the extra value added tax. They combined the provincial, which is state tax, with the federal tax, which is actually a value added tax called GST. They combined them together, and rather than call it the combined tax, and because they're going to give us a, a, a third one down the road, you see, with carbon and so on, uh, they call it the harmonized sales tax. Harm- harmony is a nice word, you see, isn't it? A nice word. It's got a nice psychological ring to it of, of niceness. Harmony, you know, uh, you, you think of the Beach Boys or something like that when you hear harmony. So it's a harmonized uh, sales tax. So they jacked it up 8%. Uh, on top of everything else, that's gasoline, that's all your winter fuel, that's everything. That's what they love to give the people as the elite rub, uh, rob the people in this common wealth of nations. They rob the commons wealth, you see. Uh, that's what the governments really do today because, and when you, be, and when you understand how many taxes they bring in to government, it's incredible. You can't you can't get all the zeros. You can't picture them all in your mind behind the, the actual numbers. You just, it's just too many. 
It's never enough, though, is it? It's never enough, supposedly. And all the hidden taxes and everything you already purchase, never enough, never will be enough. Never enough. Now, parts, as I say, of that uh, Rockefeller study uh, combined with the Global Business Network um, and done in a military precision with their projections for the next 30, 50 years, exactly the same as the military predictions that were done for the British uh, military uh, by their think tank and NATO countries and the U.S. military. I've got up on my website in the archive section. Uh, It's exactly the same, in fact. For businesses. Now remember Carl Quigley said that the corporations, the CEOs of corporations will be the new feudal overlords in this new feudal system because that's what we're going into. See, royalty prefers feudalism. It's much easier having peasants who doff the hat as they ride by on their ponies, you know, the elite. But Paravit also mentioned uh, something that was trialed last year in a few places in the States, at least uh, at least in the news media, to get you used to at the trial balloon, where they're going to give you ID bracelets if you are, are in a contaminated area. Well, here's an article here, um, Global Patients Tracked Here, it says, uh, the Augusta company makes a triage easier around the world, triage, July the 4th, 2010. Um, it says, FedEx can track a package as it circles the globe, but most emergency management teams cannot keep real-time track of patients going from a disaster scene to different hospitals. It also means wherever else you go once you're tagged with these things. They can in Northern Virginia, where emergency rescue teams use software and technology from an Augusta firm, Global Emergency Resources. That ties in with the United Nations. They're over the place, that company. With a handheld computer, patients are tracked from triage to hospital admission, the fruit of Stan Kuzia's six-year-old company. Events like Haiti are showing that there needs to be mobile patient tracking real-time anywhere in the world, Kuzia said. Global Emergency Resources technology was used during repatriation efforts from the Haiti earthquake. As people were coming back into Andrews Air Force Base, they were tracking them, Kuzia explained. also means if you're driving anywhere and trying to get away, they'd also know where you are. You understand that too, I hope, for those that think. Well, that's a short hour. It really flies in as always. So from a very hot and and muggy uh, Ontario, Canada, and from Hamish and myself, it's good night to me, your God, or your God's go with you.